the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I like talking digital trends. I like talking demographics. I like talking census data. It's one of the things that I did when I first got into the financial industry was I really looked at census data. And the data, I'm a data guy. Um, I've got something called a sleep sense. And uh, it's a, a little sensor that you put on your pillow and it analyzes what time you go to bed, the temperature of the room the humidity in the room, the noise in the room, the darkness in the room. And every night it gives you a score and it tells you you woke up three times and, you know, I kind of now start remembering that I woke up and I had to urinate or something. So I'm changing the way I drink before bed, trying to always remember to, you know, urinate before going to bed. But a couple things, you know, uh, that... So I'm big into census data, and like I said, when I early, first got into this industry, I, I'd study, you know, how old America is getting and what do old people consume? Healthcare. So I invested in healthcare companies, and then I saw things like Viagra, and it was the most popular re-prescribed drug of all time. So I bought some Pfizer, and I did very, very well, or some Merck. Uh, in the case of Viagra. But you get the idea is that we're consuming more pharmaceuticals. And you can see it just based on the, the, the data at the census of how old America is getting. So at one point in time, there was something called the grain of America. That was an investment theme. Now there's basically the millennials. And we study them as much as we can. In the 19th and 20th century, we had movements. 21st century will have movements. Um, so you study as as much as you can about history, and you study as much as you can about what's what's going on right now. So I think the big internet trends are heavily tied towards you know um, 
smartphones. And, you know, the smartphones are giving us a lot more computing power and a lot more human potential. So back in the 18th century or pre-18th century, we were a cultivating society. And in extraction, we would take, you know, uh, coal out of the ground, oil out of the ground. And then we became a manufacturing industrial society in the 19th to 20th century. Now we're literally trying to figure out our, our best potential. And like I said, it comes in a lot of levels, whether it's video games, where 45 years ago we were playing Pong, and then we got consoles and we're playing against our friends, Tank Wars. Then we got into local area networks where I remember 20 years ago coming to the Bay Area, and there was, you know, LAN parties. And people would meet up at a place and then, you know, put all their computers into a network and start killing each other playing Doom in the same room. And that was pretty darn cool. Now we're getting to the point where you can go, you know, national, international. The CEO of, of Cisco Systems many years ago, a guy was named John Chambers, and he talked about local area networks becoming wide area networks. We'll sell equipment for that. And how they become metro area networks. We'll sell the equipment for that. And it became, you know... Uh, nationwide, then it became, you know, uh, country to country, underwater networks, space networks. So when we landed on Mars and the Mars rover was sending information back, he's talking about, you know, war- networks, from planetary networks. And I get that. So, uh, so the rate of change is pretty amazing, and the amount of data being accumulated right now is stunning. So, and we're going to learn more and more about things along the lines of, um, you know, healthcare and the data points being there was that a hundred years ago you had a doctor come to your house or you went to the, the hospital and he had a bag and he had a stethoscope, um, and he'd take your blood pressure. And about 25 years ago, we started getting some of these things machine assistant, and we started going analog. Um, so, like, you probably remember the blood pressure cuff that automatically enables now. Now things are going digital. So with your... I've got a friend who tracks her period um, with her smartphone. And so one of the things she'll look at when it comes time for a vacation, she'll go, no, let's go the following week. I think that's cute, right? Um... So we're at kind of a digital inflection point where now our healthcare information is going into our phone. I know you can buy thermometers now that plug into your your uh, Apple device, your iPhone. Um, there's wireless now, uh, Bluetooth-enabled thermometers, which is pretty cool. So we have rapid growth in digital health data. We got a lot of data accumulation. We've got a lot of data insight, which is generated following accumulation integration data. And then we have a lot of translation going on, uh, which is you know therapeutics and healthcare delivery. So we get measurable outcomes and iterations. So the innovation cycle times are compressing on these. So measurement is most widely used medical technology now is tied towards digital and being connected. My dentist... I remember uh, when you used to get a crown. Um, I used to date someone who 
<clears throat> worked for kind of like a Hollywood dentist that moved to San Francisco. And he would send out your veneers and crowns to get made at a lab. Now they're doing it 3D technology-wise in-store. And that cuts out the lab guy who kind of had this crazy skill and crazy equipment that was kind of a middleman. So back in the 2000s, we had 2D and analog x-rays. Now we have 3D x-rays that are much more graphic and digital, and they can be stored a lot easier. Um, An ECG, an electric cardiogram, um, used to be paper-based, and it was analog. And uh, now it's wearable and digital. Blood pressure used to have a cuff that they put on. Now it's, you know... uh, you know, they put a cuff on it and blow up the little balloon thing. And then they, you know, release the, the pressure and then see how long it takes for your blood to start beating in between beats or something like that. They'd count it. I don't know how blood pressure works. Don't ask me. Um, you get the idea. So now it's they put the cuff on. It closes up and gives your blood pressure in a diddle readout. 120 over 80. Uh, when you used to go to hospital rooms, you know, the hospital monitoring of your stats was bedside. Nurses had to come in and take a look. Now, everything's remote and it's digital. So, nurses could sit at the nurse's station and monitor 20 rooms versus walking around to 20 rooms. A lot of changes going on. A lot of 21st century changes in diagnostic technology. Uh, commercially available lab tests are on the rise. We'll talk about this and more and trends that you can invest in. Hospitals are becoming a lot more profitable because of digitization. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm only human after all. I'm only human after all. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Mathematically speaking, retirement's kind of a daunting image, right? How much money do you make a year? You need 10 to 20 times that level to retire. Because the amount of money you make now is the amount of money you're going to kind of draw upon for 10 to 20 years. Maybe if you live 30 or 40 years in retirement, that's why you have to continue to invest it and have it exposed to some sort of growth. Now, we all are very, very different. 
I'm surprised by how many people have children and they don't want to help their children succeed. They're just like, hey, I had a children. I did my job. I uh, got my wife pregnant. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, I, I did it again. I'm kind of a big deal. And uh, I'm not paying for my kid's college because, well, I can't possibly do that and drive a BMW at the same time. I'm very important. Millennials. Scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy scotch scotch. Here, In my down, belly. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Um, here's the thing about scotch, and this is where I feel horrible. I like scotch on the rocks. And like, you, I'll have like snobs look at me like, you, no, 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 you're not putting that, no, you're not no, putting an ice cube God, in that. Please, no, no, no. I know. Um, he got mad at me when I did that. So I'm surprised that people have kids and they don't want to like help set them up. Like my idea is like, if you have a kid, like give, empower them with everything, teach them how to swim because swimming is like limitless possible. That you can chase a turtle, you can float in the water, you can, you know, uh, um, when the Titanic goes down, you can push that that skinny waif model off the the dresser, and you can take it from her. If you can swim, but if you can't swim, you're kind of well, you're going down with the Titanic. So millennials matter, and UBS, which is a research firm, just wrote an article about how. Older millennials are starting to hit peak income age. And baby boomers, which is the generation that followed World War II, they're set to pass on trillions and trillions. I don't know if it's trillions and trillions. Maybe it's just trillions. Maybe it's billions and billions, which equals trillions of dollars. Billions when we could make billions? Yes, Dr. Evil. Which, for the record, John Oliver's getting sued because he's, he, he referred to a coal miner CEO as an old geriatric-looking Dr. Evil. Right. And the guy says, that hurt my reputation. Oh, you mean the fact that you're sending miners down in, under the ground and they're dying on a pretty regular basis doesn't hurt your reputation? Right. Anyway, right. 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 Um, so in just three years, global millennial wealth could stand at about $24 trillion. That's up from where it is right now at $7 trillion. So let's just stop and, and digest this real quick. Global millennial wealth could stand at $24 trillion in three years. Um, I'm, I'm available. I'm sending my resume out to all trillionaires. If any one of you have a trillion dollars, um, there's a good chance I clean toilets. I do dishes. I do windows. Um, I cook. I have 32 teeth-ish ish and they're all facing down which is good right they're not facing not parallel to the ground they're you know bisecting uh millennials are about to benefit from one of the largest intergenerational transfers of wealth their mom and dads are dying it's critical that wall street pays attention to this it's critical that you pay attention to this because when you inherit money you tend to do stupid things with it like buy cars which can cause a car company stock to go higher um, so to me, it's no secret that millennials want to be able to access their finances via the smartphones. Six and ten, six and ten 
uh, millennials make up 60% of all millennials. Six in ten millennials make up 60% of all millennials. No, 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 no. That's a great stat. Uh, Say what? But six in ten use the smartphone to access their financial information. Millennials want transparency. Um, they want higher quality services. They want, you know, kickbacks to go to society and not to go to, you know, uh, someone's pocket. 23% of millennials would be willing to share their cell phone number, 21% their purchase history, 15% their household income. Um, they're the least private generation there is at this point in time. They don't mind when firms collect data about their transactions and about their lifestyle. So they're going to get the largest intergenerational transfer of wealth. Now here's what stinks. What if you're counting on mom and dad's money to be inherited? And what if mom and dad live longer? And what if mom and dad divorce and dad remarries a younger woman? And what if while in the throes of passion, he promises wealth to the younger woman. Muchy, muchy. What was that? It was a Simpsons, okay. It's not like a Pokemon character. Muchy, muchy. So what if, and I've seen that happen already. Um, I would, I would refer to it as a family friend, but she was super high, like, Hi, everyone. I've got the greatest life ever. And her husband was very much so. Hey, everyone, i got the greatest wife ever. We're the happiest couple on the planet. And it turns out he was trying to build a nap. And it turns out he was kind of cooking the books to the fact that he never made money. But he would be like, hey, everybody, I just signed a seven-figure deal with uh, the American Diabetes Association. And hey, everybody, I just, I got nine employees. I got nine employees. And, uh, long story short, he never made money and he kind of sucked her into that. And, you know, she was totally new in the back of her head that she was going to inherit her dad's house in, uh, Woodside. Gorgeous, unbelievable, stunning, beautiful. Got its pool. Got its pool. Okay, so my grammar is starting to slip a little bit. But um, no, no, he uh, kicks the first wife out when she got cancer because you can't have a woman with cancer, right? It's, uh, it's not clean enough. It's like it's, no, so he went with the younger wife and uh, basically wrote his two kids out of the inheritance and gave it all to the younger wife, which I kind of want to do too. <laughs> I call it the five-year plan of always looking younger. So. What are you talking about, fool? When the woman turns 30, a little light goes off and she has to go to be reassigned. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black.
Join the conversation. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220. KDOW. Picking winners. Winner, winner. Picking winner. Winning. Winning. And as an investor, I beat the producer to it. I love it. Here's me use the word winner, winner, chicken dinner. He instantly goes for Charlie Sheen, but I beat him to it because I'm faster than him today. So You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. You're a big winner. So my goal here is to talk about picking stocks that have a profile that you feel comfortable with, picking stocks that have dominant market share, what they do. And another company that I want to talk about, and you know, if I were to come up with a top 10 list of just pretty dominant companies and what they do, and as far as market share goes and competition, there ain't much. Um, don't say ain't because your mother might faint and your daddy might step in a bucket of paint, right? Um, I've got a little southern in me. Sorry, ain't. Say I ain't, ain't going to say that again. Um, but like Amazon, not a lot of competition. In fact, the government's looking into antitrust issues already. Alphabet, Alibaba. Facebook, Equinox, Priceline, MasterCard, Visa, Apple, Illumina. Now, they won't all hold up. That's just not how things happen. Over time, people get a little bit lazy and things crack. Um, but like Facebook, um, C-Trip, which is the Priceline of China. Alibaba is the Amazon of China. And like, what's the risk for Alibaba? How about the government comes in and takes over? So let's talk about one another one. This one's a biotech play. It's called Regeneron. They develop protein-based drugs used to battle a variety of diseases and conditions, including cancer, high cholesterol, inflammatory ailments, and eye diseases. Um, as I've gotten older, I'm like, can't read that. Why do they make the print so damn small on, like, uh, pill bottles? And they're like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, you just admitted two things. Your eyesight's going and you're taking pills. You're yep. darn tootin'. As you get older, uh, that's what happens. So Regeneron's biotech company, and their first product was a commercialized product called Arcalist, which was treatment for rare inflammatory diseases, including Muckle-Wells syndrome. Regeneron collaborates with Sanofi to develop candidate uh, VEGF trap as a possible treatment for cancerous tumors. It's also developing Afilbercept with uh, Bayer Healthcare to treat eye diseases. Uh, their product called Isla. Uh, has been approved in the United States and Australia as a treatment for neovascular age-related macular degeneration, wet AMD. Can you say that slowly, Rob? It's kind of sexy the way you say that. I know, right? Wet macular degeneration? So in the last year, the stock's gone 370 to 550-ish. But that's not what's impressive. What's impressive is when you pull up a 10-year and you see that it's gone from 10 bucks. To 550. And that's when you go, ooh. And you start to get it. So what I want you to do when I throw out names like this is I want you to hustle your butt over to your brokerage account, Fidelity, Vanguard, TD Ameritrade, and then put in the name. Don't go to Google, even though Google's a great place to go. It's just Google is too much of a wild, wild west when it comes to information. And I want you to go to a brokerage community and look for the research reports that they provide to you for free just for being a client. Mm-hmm. Um, Regeneron just recently provided details of the royalty it receives on any sales of canicumum, which is antibody, an anti-ILIB antibody. 
I promise you, I didn't do well in biology in high school. Cutting of the frog, not the easiest thing for me. Uh, Regeneron receives royalty on the worldwide net sales. The royalty rate is at 4% and reaches 15% when annual sales hit 1.5 billion. The royalty applies to currently approved indications uh, for Alaris and any potential sales for future indications. So this is a pretty unique company, what they do. They're fighting cancer, and they're pretty well-received. Uh, so I want you to take a look at it. Take some of those R-E-G-N, R-E-G-N. Find out what it means to me. Now, the biotech sector at any point in time can take a dive. Hillary Clinton can go, that cancer-saving treatment that can save your life? It shouldn't be $12,000. I'm going to change that. And stocks will take a dump on that. I probably shouldn't say that. That's too graphic. It just costs yeah. It. yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, if, if you learn how to profile companies that don't have a lot of competition, um, like Electronic Arts or Activision, there's some competition, but not too much. Um, so I just kind of, you know, again, just want you to do a little thing. So... A lot of favorable mentions for Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. Take our symbol R-E-G-N and uh, start doing a little research. I'm not telling you what to buy. That's not my job. In fact, you probably don't want it to be my job. Uh, But digitization and gene sequencing and coming up with new protein-based therapies have created a huge opportunity. So, you know, whether the Republicans try to repeal Obamacare or not, these reforms, not these reforms, but these breakthrough technologies are going to push forward. Um, so when the Republicans and Democrats fight, I refer to it as noise. Um, if you invest in companies that have a sustainable competitive advantage, they're probably going to do better than you think. So when you take a look at drug pipelines, when you take a look at 10-year time horizons, when you take a look at the aging of America and the fact that I'm, I'm not using reading glasses, but I'm complaining about small print, um, and I'm clearly getting older, I've got a physical today, that I need to pass. Well, no, no, physical's in two weeks, but I'm doing a pre-physical off the record just to see where I stand. And uh, so I'm fasting right now, so if I start to lose my mind, it's cool. Now, Alibaba is the second largest holding in um, kind of the tech world of, of Internet commerce and Internet retail behind Amazon. And there's a guy named Jack Ma who runs it. And he's not the most attractive dude. But... Many, many, many years ago, Yahoo started, you know, getting into China and getting into Japan. And Jack Ma was like, I can handle China. I can do that. And uh, Alibaba is pretty well positioned in the sense that Amazon can't really get into China. It's, 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 it's a tough barrier to crack into. It's, it's tied towards retail. Um, there's a lot going on there, um, including a government that kind of wants to dominate their people or control their people, and Amazon kind of is in the capitalism frame, so to speak. So Jack Ma is a pretty smart guy. You'll see him on occasion, and he'll say things like, and I'm not going to do a Chinese uh, um, dialect. I'm not going to do anything. You're not going to hear anything like, I'm not going to go, oh, ancient Chinese secret is we sell a lot of stuff. I'm not going to go there. But if I did, it would probably be offensive. So the Alibaba group is a treasure trove of e-commerce websites in Asia e-commerce sites in Asia. They also do Alibaba cloud computing. Hmm, sounds like they're copying Amazon's business model. 
Um, they do Taobao Mall. Um, they do China's largest online retail websites and web portal, China Yahoo. Alibaba Group websites count millions of registered users. Uh, the group was founded in 1999 by SoftBank and Yahoo and went public in 2014. So I want you to take a look at it and give yourself some time. You're in no rush. In the last few years, it's gone from about $70 a share to 150 I think there's upside because I think China is going to pass the United States in economic activity in your lifetime. Again, I don't want you to chase it. Of course, I want you to do research on it. This is not a show that says, you know, oh, here's my, my best stock now. I got a nap. I'm so happy that show's going away. You're uh, darn tootin'. Darn tootin'. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, ticker symbol on Alibaba is Baba, B-A-B-A. And they are the Amazon of China. Now again, just to go how far to show you, I don't think I could find Hong Kong on a map. I don't think I can tell you. I think I once said that there's like 40 languages in China and that like there's like 120 or something like that. I love um, music inspired by um, gymnasts and um, Chinese and shows like, oh, this is crap. I'm so Americanized. I just can't accept other cultures. I refuse to do it. Which is a very good thing. Which is a very, very good thing. So take a look at Alibaba. They've got a financial pay service. They've got all of that going. I like Amazon. Um, I like Visa and MasterCard both. This is a situation where not the prettiest sister, not the ugliest sister, twin sisters. And they dominate what they do. You know what I'm saying, twins? God, if I had a twin... The mischief I would have pulled off as a kid. You know, I had a twin that lived in my closet. He was a made-up friend. Because I didn't have a lot of friends as a kid. I lived overseas and I spoke English. And I lived in places like Greece and Turkey where they didn't speak English. So you had to have imaginary friends from time to time. So Amazon versus Alibaba. Amazon is a bigger, um, easier company to understand because they don't have the China effect going on in them. Alibaba is a riskier investment, without a doubt, because of transparency and their governance issues. So you have to know one has more risk than the other. And if you're okay with that, one also has up, more upside than the other. Amazon buying Whole Foods, it's not a game changer for me. I think it's interesting because they bought it after it had a 30% drop, so they weren't paying a premium for it. They got a pretty good asset at a pretty good price. They could always spin it back off if they want to. Um, but the food business isn't exactly exciting. Digital? If you can come up with digital food somehow, I'm in. But the fact that they took $2 billion off Blue Apron just by having that potential threat of Amazon Prime member getting food delivery services, it tells you Amazon's got a lot of upside, too. I'll continue talking about dominant stocks and dominant positions in just a momento.
visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Everyone knows Priceline and what a dominant stock it's been in the United States. Well, how about a company called C-Trip out of China? Now, C-Trip is a leading booker of reservations for lodging and airline tickets in China. C-Trip International has about 10,000 hotels, all major domestic airlines at its disposal. The company also works with 19,000 hotels abroad and offers package tours to its customers. I don't think I'm being too cliche when I say this, but have you ever watched like a Spider-Man movie and Spider-Man's at the Statue of Liberty? And uh, he saves a bus from the evil Octo guy, Doc Doc. And that bus has like hundreds of Chinese tourists and they're all taking pictures of Spider-Man. So there's a cliche about tourism and there's a cliche about it, right? And uh, Chinese. The sea trip services can be found through sales offices in about 50 Chinese cities. Um, they have a trilingual website. They've got 24-hour customer service. They're pretty dominant at what they do. Ticker symbol CTRP. And I'm talking about dominant companies and the idea of buying them, not for six months, but for six years. Um, and seeing how it whole plays out for you. On a one-year basis, you don't get too excited by sea trip. It's essentially gone from 42 to 57. Wait, wait. Actually, I get excited by that. So when you start pulling out its longer-term picture, it's gone from about $10 to $57. That's a pretty damn good thing. So I don't think I'm throwing out a mystery word like, you'll never be able to understand this. Now, again, anytime you buy a Chinese stock that's traded in the United States on an ADR, you're taking the risk of... You're taking the risk of... uh Chinese government someday going in and saying, you know, we're going to take the tanks into Tiananmen Square and, and run people over. Now, again, that's extreme. Um, but I think you get where I'm trying to go with that. So would I buy C-Trip for a six-month time period? Hell no. Would I buy it for a six-year? I'd, I'd strongly consider it. It depends on what else I have and, like, how much am I building up my, my portfolio for income? How much am I building my portfolio for growth? But I'm not against it. So with countries emerging middle class in China, consumers are starting to travel for the first time. Outbound travel is hitting an inflection point. China's already the world's biggest outbound tourism spender in the world at $170 billion. We are number one. So what do you want? Do you want the sister with 32 teeth, a degree in cooking, a degree in lovemaking, or do you want the sister, Reg, who just got out of jail and is missing a lot of teeth and has tattoos on her face. Tattoos on her face! <clears throat> Another company I want to talk about that I think I don't own, I wish I could figure out how to own it. Tesla. Tesla is in the position to become a dominant player in a platform. They've got a competitive advantage beyond dispute. The car maker could be that platform for electric autonomous shared mobility. Right now I'm sitting in a radio studio for essentially two to three hours. And what's going to happen is my car is in a parking lot. Whereas if someone was in an apartment across the street, they can come grab my car, share my car, share my mobility, go to the grocery store, come back and put it back within three hours. And I'd get 10, 15 bucks for it. Hell yeah. That's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to happen slowly. 
It's not going to happen because of me, because I love my car. And if you spill coffee in my car, I'm going to be angry. If you vomit in my car, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> but, and this is a big but, I like big butts, cannot lie. Um, but, I forgot what the butt was for. So Tesla's an opportunity. Um, in the next, you know why Ford is trading a P of like four and GM's trading a P of like ten? They got big dividends and they could pay their dividends, but in the next 10 years, what do you think is going to happen to Ford and GM's market share? It's going to get smaller because of electric vehicles and people like me who are like, Tesla's the winner. I'm not going to buy a, a Chevy Volt. Are you kidding me? Poor people drive Chevy Volts. I have a status to uphold. It's like when I see people with Google phones. I'm like, you're a poor person. Rich people, exciting people, loving people, people who know how to make love have Apple phones. I'm kind of a big deal. I am kind of a big deal. So anyway, the whole segment, the whole hour was basically brought to you with the idea of find companies that have that competitive advantage, find companies that have market share, find companies that can grow market share. Now, keep in mind, at one point in time, America Online, you've got mail, um, was a dominant player in Internet service. You've got mail. 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 There's a letter in your mailbox. Okay. That's better. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's squeeze in a call. Mike in San Francisco. Hi, Rob. I had a question about two stocks. Uh, one is Cheesecake Factory, and the other one is Dave and Buster's. Um, which, which, one, which, one, which one do you want me to look up? i got about one minute. Uh, how about Cheesecake Factory? Okay. Take your symbol as cake. Is it stock you own or stock you're looking down? I, I do own. I'm thinking of buying more. Okay. For the growth potential. They have about 190 locations, and I, I think they can be, they could start growing more. Okay. Um, first and foremost, who doesn't love Cheesecake Factory? And thanks for the call. Um, one of the problems you have with a Cheesecake Factory is how do they have 200 menu items and no food waste? Um, I personally instantly go with McDonald's. Uh, Cheesecake Factory has an outperform right now, $57 price target on it, uh, resumption and fundamental outperformance relative to casual dining. Casual dining is kind of tough. Um, so not immune to top-line industry and category challenges. Uh, companies well-positioned to sustain same-store sales growth of outperformance. Now, the problem is the current category of, of retail. If we move into a recession, which I think we will in about two to three years, You'll see declining retail traffic. Cheesecake factories are in malls a lot of times. No one goes to the mall anymore. Um, once they start putting housing units in malls, I think there'll be a, a sexy play there. There's a very competitive environment in food. And once you have a bad experience in restaurants, you never go back. So I like Cheesecake Factory. I see some upside. I see it as more of a trade than an ownership. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.